So Canada is legalizing cannabis in July 2018, so next summer. And each of the provinces have their own way to roll out the legalized cannabis plan. Now, so far, the Ontario government has rolled out their plan, and it's a disaster. So just to give you a quick uh, one-point reason of really why the Ontario government's plan to legalize cannabis is going to be a disaster is this. So Colorado has 698 cannabis storefronts, dispensaries. It's not controlled by the government. People can start their own cannabis business and sell it in a store. So there's 698 of them. Colorado has 5.5 million residents. Ontario has 13.6 million residents. Ontario's plan is completely government controlled. And they're going to roll out 80 stores within the first year. 80 storefronts controlled by the government in the first year. And that's just not going to meet demand. So one of the Ontario government's main points to legalize cannabis is to eliminate the black market. Now, if you're rolling out 80 stores within the first year, so on, first of all, on day one, all 80 of those are not going to be open, but 80 within the first year for a population of 13.6 million people. Whereas Colorado has 40% of Ontario's population and has 698 cannabis storefronts. You tell me where those people are going to go. So right now there are, there are cannabis dispensaries operating within Toronto. I don't have the exact number, but I believe it's over 40 of them. So over 40 dispensaries within the GTA alone, the greater Toronto area. And the government's plan is to shut those down and replace them with 80 total for all of Ontario for the first year. How is that going to work out? And edibles aren't even being dealt with yet. So while this is being launched, uh, launched next year, it's just being legalized for the actual plant. You won't be able to buy edibles. Edibles which are right now available in these dispensaries, which are operating illegally, but people with medical licenses are able to go in and get their marijuana and their edibles. But if you're not even legalizing edibles yet and don't have a plan for that at the moment, where are people going to go? The black market. So this is the easiest prediction I've ever had to make. And anybody that has the data in front of them can, can, uh, will be able to make the same prediction. Ontario's cannabis legalization plan is going to be a complete disaster. On day one, there's going to be lineups. And the, the government's going to act like this, it's amazingly successful. So many people are going out and buying cannabis. And then day two and three, the reports are going to come out. Is this meeting demand? Is the Ontario government meeting the cannabis demand? And the answer is going to be no, because people will be buying still from the black market, either because there's not enough stores, first of all, there's long lineups, they don't have access to edibles, 
And there's, there won't be enough dispensaries to simply just to people have access to. So if you live in a small town in Ontario, you're not going to be near a dispensary. Where are you going to get your weed? It's not going to be from the Ontario government. It's going to be from the same people you always get it from. So this is a dumbass plan. And the only hope right now is that the Liberal government gets voted out in 2018 and is replaced by a government that will bring in a plan that has uh, a dispensary aspect to it. And they will add dispensaries at a later date. And really, that's going to happen eventually. There is no way that this is going to meet demand and the black market will continue and more money is actually being spent on fighting cannabis. That's the plan right now. The Ontario government has announced they're putting more money into policing. Half the reason to legalize cannabis is that it would save government taxes, save government money that wouldn't have to be used on fighting an illegal drug. But they're putting more money into it. So this is going to be a complete disaster and don't say I didn't warn you. morning everyone welcome to the i am cannabis sativa podcast i'm your host cannabis sativa if you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on this podcast feel free to email or contact me at iamcannabissativa.com also check out our website at www.iamcannabissativa.com feel free to hit me up on instagram at iamcannabissativa also feel free to check out our official twitter account ICS or IC Sativa podcast. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Anchor FM, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. And if you also like what we are doing, please become a Patreon and support us. We plan on doing big things with this humble little project, such as going to trade shows, visiting other medical marijuana or adult use states, and doing on-field work. By supporting us, this helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, pay for equipment upgrades, and travel as well. You can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am cannabis sativa podcast slash support. And again, that is www.anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. Afternoon, everyone. Um, it's 2.18 as of the time of this recording, and I hope you're having a great um, Saturday afternoon. Um, as usual, I'm recording this um, from Legal Grass, Massachusetts, the heartland of America. And um, I, I have a, um interesting story in front of me right now um, regarding what's going on in Ontario, Canada. Um, again, stories like this are why um, why I go to the mat and, 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 and try to advocate for equitable, cheap, and affordable cannabis for people who need it the most. And, I mean, that's, that's, that's a huge reason why I do what I do. In case, in case you guys don't know the mission or the um, the the point of what this podcast aims to do, um, so I'm gonna read this article. I may or may not give my commentary as I'm reading it. 
So it's from North Shore News, and it says it's it's from the Canadian press, and it says man challenges Ontario pot rules. Says they exclude those with disabilities. Toronto, a Toronto man who uses a wheelchair has filed a human rights complaint challenges challenging. Ohio, Ontario's cannabis sales regulations, arguing the province system discriminates against against those with disabilities and those with limited financial means. I feel, I feel for, I, I, I feel, I feel for this guy. Like we're just raw off the bat right now. Um, like, like I've, like I always say on this podcast. Everything in this can in these few legal cannabis countries and states, everything is connected. You know, everyone is borrowing from everyone at this point. You know, one of the one of the, just I'm gonna get in the weeds here, but like one of the just the for better or for worse, one of the biggest parts of like I want to say Web 3.0. I think this is the permutation of the web we're in right now, Web 3.0 or four. You know, when, when it was like, when, you know, I was grinding, I was, when I was cutting my teeth and, and really like when I really had in, when I first initially had internet, whether it was, um, dial up or high speed, that was like the aughts. And I remember people calling the web back then, you know, sites like dig, you know, like, like the original dig when Kevin Rose still owned it. I remember people calling it like in like 07, 08 or, or around that time. I remember people calling the web web 2.0. Again, I don't know what version of the web we're on now, but I mean, now we have Twitter. Now we have YouTube. Now we have, you know, um, high speed internet um, in, in most parts of the first world. I mean, there are so rural areas, like even rural New England. Like if you go to like Vermont, you go to like Maine, like I had... I had like, um, I, I did dodgeball for a brief period of time and, um, one of my teammates was, grew up in Maine and had to move to Massachusetts because like he, he did, he did IT work and stuff. And, um, he like IT, like with some IT, you can sort of do it remotely. Like you don't have to be on site. You know, you can, you can do some of your assignments just, you know, through your high speed connection, remote into someone else's computer, remote into a server you know, to, to, to do what you ought to do or whatever. But, um, he couldn't do that in Maine because, you know, he, because the internet was his high speed internet just isn't that readily available. And the amount of speed he would need to do his job professionally just wasn't there. So, you know, he had to move to the Boston area to get it work and make a living. But anywho, the point I'm trying to make here is that now that we have like, you know, robust social media, robust YouTube, but easily available high def video and, you know, we can video, we can Skype in high def, we can, um, you know, we can, we can exchange information very, very quickly. So like if you read an article from one international paper or one, or one national paper, like if you live in like Arizona or whatever, and then you notice that there's a medical marijuana thing that Oklahoma is doing a lot better than Arizona. You can read that article now. You you know, you have access to all the information available, and then you can call your lawmakers and be like, I see that Oklahoma is doing X. We should be doing Y in Arizona, you know? 
Um, and like even in, in, in although Canada is a different country, they you know everything that has been going on with like with what activists have been criticizing of um, Canada's rollout. Like, everything that has been happening has been happening in legal states, too. You know, it's been spreading down south to, to the legal states. You know, like I mentioned earlier, Massachusetts, there's, there's, I think, one or two cops that are slated to open medical marijuana dispensaries. How effed up is that? And you know, a person who made their living putting black and brown people in jail is going to be able to... This very same cop that was arresting people for cannabis is going to be able to profit off it now. Like, that's something ugly about that. You know, if I was an activist or I was trying to put adult use in, like, like in, like, like Arizona, Montana, you guys, like, if you guys are, are in Florida, I'm going to put Florida in this discussion, too. If you guys are going to try to implement adult use, please try to make sure that, um... Yeah, I mean, if you're going to implement adult use, it, it would be very helpful to, um, to, to, you know, to make sure that you do it right, you know, and that you, you know, you do it so the rollout isn't botched or, you know, there, or you make it so cops can't get licenses. You know, I would, like, if I was in Arizona or Montana and I was reading what's going on in Canada and what's going on in in, in these other states, I would put provisions in those in those propositions that cops can't cops can't then profit off off the new legal marijuana. I would do that. So if you're listening here, if you're listening in Arizona right now or Florida, and you're trying to put this on your ballot next year, be very very mindful of this, and you know make make sure you put it so you're so the same cops that were busting people for it don't get to profit off cannabis. Let me go on. Um, Ken Haverer, who uses cannabis to relieve symptoms from a condition affecting his joints and other medical issues, says that the city has too few private retail stores, which he alleges are not wheelchair accessible. That's a shame. He also alleges that the province's government-run online cannabis store is too slow to deliver the product and too expensive for those on government assistance or without credit. I often need cannabis urgently for pain relief and to help me sleep. I need cannabis on an on-demand basis, he said Wednesday in a news conference. Quote, I'm on the Ontario Disability Support Program, and I have very limited funds that barely cover my day-to-day expenses. I don't have enough money or the ability to purchase through the Ontario Canvas Store system because I do not have available credit, end quote. Haverer, 57, says he faces the same financial barriers and delays trying to purchase medical cannabis, which is also sold online. So, um, I'm going to interrupt this again, um... Like I said in a previous episode, um, like I said in the episode I just released to you guys a couple hours ago, um, I believe, I, uh, we're having supply problems in Massachusetts, you know, you know, in a lot of situations you have like medical marijuana dispensaries that were exclusively medical marijuana for the past three or four years or whatever, or two years or whatever, 
and then they go adult use. They they become co-located adult use slash medical. But what ends up happening is that because the supply because the demand for adult use is so high, these companies, whether unconsciously or consciously, prioritize the needs of the adult use people rather than the medical patients that got them their business and that got them in a position to even open up to adult use you know they spit on them and then we have supply issues like for example i've been i've been telling you guys that i've been i've been having a lot of health issues in the past month month and a half almost two months and you know i've been i've been wanting to try to get some good indica keef but due to one of the near dis- nearby dispensaries near me that's about maybe 10 miles a 10 mile drive and just maybe 20 minutes at most 15 20 minute drive at most that dispensary doesn't have keef anymore and i feel i feel it's because all all they're doing is trying to cater to the adult use crowd and now me as a person who's having his insomnia flare ups again you know, I mean, cannabis does sort of help provide a cushion, you know, for for these and curing the headaches I'll get from from, you know, not getting t- too good asleep or or whatever other thing that's ailing me or whatever. You know, I mean, I would really like to have some keef right now, but I can't get that because my nearest dispensary sold out of a lot of things, and you know, they're prioritizing adult use needs over medical needs. You know, they're being for profit and caring about the adult use market and the casual smoker that, you know, only does it five times a year at um, Boston Calling or whatever. They're, car- they're catering more to that than the actual medical user that might be on a fixed income. Can't afford, can't afford, um, you know, spend a lot of money because of their fixed income and need this to be cheap and accessible. But those people are being shunned and pushed aside in Massachusetts. It's like I said, everything is connected. Everything. Especially in this small cannabis field. You know, it seems it seems like a very big field because, you know, Canada and California who, I mean, have equitable populations, you know, combined, combined they're like 60, 70 million people because they're such big markets or whatever, you know you know what's what's happening there is going to affect what's going to happen in Massachusetts it's going to affect what's going to happen in Vermont it's going to affect what happens in Canada in the rest of Canada it's going to everything affects everything you know developments with with Florida's medical cannabis program because Florida is the biggest market in the east coast that that affects me it does you know um you know, when we have other states in the East Coast succeeding, you know, the whole East Coast, that's going to trickle down to the rest of the East Coast. They're going to take what they learned from Florida's booming successful program, and then they're going to copy that into other states. They're going to copy that into states that just had, that just started with medical in the past few years, like Maryland. You know, they're going to, I mean, Maryland dispensaries are probably taking note what's, what, what's going on in Florida and are, are trying to up their game. So they can so they can be a big market. Pennsylvania is probably paying close attention to Florida too. But yeah, like I just said, everything is connected. Everything. Never ever forget that. If you get nothing else from my podcast, understand that. 
let me let me continue. How Haverer fifty seven says he faces the same financial barriers and delays trying to purchase medical cannabis, which is also sold online. His lawyer Selwyn Pieters said he hopes to bring the case. He hopes the case brings change to Ontario's flawed and undignified cannabis sales system. Quote. The poorly planned phased approach for for rollout, much like Massachusetts, of retail cannabis outlets as outlined by the Ontario government, has neglected to take into account the needs of all Canadians. It sounds familiar. Sounds like mass. Pieter said that they will be asking for a tribunal for an expedited hearing to deal with this case. And they are seeking a stay on enforcement of cannabis regulations until the issues highlighted in the complaint are resolved. This would allow illegal dispensaries, where Harrer said he previous he was previously able to obtain cannabis once or twice a day to operate. Good, good. I want, I want, I want this to go through. When you, when your legal dispensaries are not providing canvas at a price that you can afford or are not providing the strings that you need you know because there's a there's a artificial constraint on supply or whatever guess what you're gonna do you're gonna go black market i like i've said before um shout out to flower bomb farms you know shout out to that caregiver she she she, she helps me so much you know like i said before you know mass dispensaries are very expensive you know you hear all these people being like, oh, you know, smoking is bad, you know, smoking cannabis is bad, you know, um, kids are going to sell the secondhand smoke and, you know, you're going to subject innocent kids to smoke and, you know, that's bad. You shouldn't, you shouldn't subject them to that. Yet we don't have that same standard with tobacco. I would argue that tobacco is even worse and it should be, it should be a ticketable to smoke in front of your kids. That's, that's proven to actually cause problems. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a punish happy sort of person, but, and you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spearhead, you know, punishing tobacco smoking, but that has actual dangers and that should be more regulated than it is now. But cannabis, we're treating as something totally, completely different, even though it's way healthier. But uh, again, you know, it's, you know, people that need it the most are getting shot out right now. And it's, it's so unfortunate, you know, um, it's so, so sad, you know, like, and it's because the, these legal, these few legal stores that are available in Ontario or Massachusetts are charging an exorbitant price, you know, for example, like, it, like, again, I don't make a lot of money, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty poor myself, you know, and, and because of that, I'm having to be very savvy as to how I, I do my cannabis shopping, you know, I'm having to, I'm having to research you know, prices, I'm having to, you know, watch my bank account and then look for deals. Like if, like if a dispensary has a shake deal for a weekend, I, I look to see if it's in my budget and if I can get half an ounce of shake for 70 bucks, which is, which is a steal in Massachusetts. If I can get a half an ounce of shake for 70, 80 bucks or whatever, and then, and, 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 and could 
have it last a long time. That's what I do. Or if a dispensary is doing like a day where they're making eights, 25 bucks, I have to jump at those deals because otherwise I can't afford it. And something that Massachusetts dispensaries, I'm sure dispensaries in other states do, you know, like when you're a new time, a first time patient, you get like you, they give you vouchers or whatever. Or if you renew your medical marijuana card, they give you vouchers. And those vouchers have been so useful for me. You know, they've helped subsi subsidize the cost of, of cannabis for me. Like, um, like, like I told you, I got like a, okay, so I got a half ounce of shake of animal cookie shake. Um, I want to say last week. And then I got a, um, two pre-rolls of blue dream and a, a hemp blood ramp for 58 bucks after using the, after making use of that $80 shake or I think $100 shake deal it was a hundred bucks for half an ounce of shake. And then using my new patient disc, my new patient discount or voucher. And then it brought everything down. I was able to get, come away with, um, I was able to come away with like 16 grams of cannabis for 60 bucks, less, under 60 bucks, which is unheard of in Massachusetts. You know, unless you, unless you're you're a savvy shopper and you you make use of those vouchers like I do, like many patients do, and as well as the financial like, in 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 some states they and in my state we have something called a financial hardship thing. So if you make X amount of percentages over, I mean under the federal poverty line, you know you can get ten or twenty percent off your um all your purchases at that dispensary. I'm glad my state has it. And I, I I want my state to go further with it. I think there should I think it should be at, at least 30-40% being as this is so expensive. But I digress. Let me let, let me let me get back on on topic here. P Pietro said they will be asking the tribunal for ex expedited hearing to deal with the case and are seeking a stay on enforcement on cannabis regulations until the issues highlighted in the in the complaint are resolved. This will allow legal dispensaries, which wherever said he was previously able to obtain cannabis once or twice a day to, to operate. Hever said several dispensaries used to buy from here have been shut down by the police. The Ontario government did not immediately respond to a request for comment, but has previously said it had to cap the number of retail cannabis stores at 25 indefinitely due to a national supply shortage. The province's first black, I mean, first private brick and mortar cannabis stores opened their doors April 1st, though not all those approved are ready for business even a month later. Licenses for stores are granted through a lottery system followed by approval process. Again, you know, just, I mean, the word, the wording and the phrasing of everything is slightly different, but every single problem highlighted is almost a carbon copy of what's happening in Massachusetts and um, even New Jersey, too. I read like a story. I might have to do an episode maybe, maybe later today. I'm, I'm, I've been sort of on a tear today with these episodes. You might, I'm, I might drop another episode about the black market bust that have been going on. So like, I think I, I think I did an episode, a similar episode about this happening in Massachusetts where you have, you have, um, cannabis, um, pioneers and small time growers and small time edible makers and small time, um, tincture makers or whatever caregivers, you have them doing 
throwing these sort of events, these sort of weed markets called seshes or seishes. I might be saying it wrong. I think it's seish. And they do these and you can go and you can buy cannabis at, at, at the, at, through, through, through a caregiver dealer at, at these, you know, bazaars where you can, you, where there's so many, where there's like 10, 20, 30, 40 vendors, you know, you can just shop around for the best price or the best strain for your needs, you know, and you have a lot of people in New Jersey doing that. You have a lot of people in the Garden State doing that. Because in Jersey, from what I from what I remember, last time I checked, ounces are five hundred dollars. You know, and the black market, like like uh, the New Jersey weed man said, could sell you that, could sell you cannabis for half that price. So I'm gonna go to a seash. If I was in Jersey and I had a card, I wouldn't be buying from dispensaries. I I can't afford a five hundred dollar ounce or you know sixty, seventy, eighty dollar eighth. I can't afford that. You know what I would you know what I would go and do? I would go to those sashes or I would drive my car to New York or Pennsylvania or whatever. No better yet, I'd, I'd drive my car to New York and then just come back to Jersey for my weed with my weed because it would be untenable and unaffordable for me to be able to afford it otherwise. You know, as these is these people, is these pioneers, is these dealers and caregivers that hold seizures or, or 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 even do delivery services for you know for the, for their patients these people are the real mvps cuz the government has been doing a bad job they've been opening the stores too slow they're charging too much money they make they're putting cops in charge of these dispensaries and implementation again everything canada is doing i mean everything in this article i can just rearrange the phrasing a little bit put in Massachusetts in some of the places or the mass um, cannabis control board minus Shaleen title commissioner title I could, I, I could copy and paste a few things and it was everything about it would, would apply to Massachusetts or Jersey or any other medical or adult use state where you're having shenanigans like this let me finish the Ontario government did not respond to a request for comment, but has previously said it had to cap the number of retail cannabis outlets at 25 indefinitely due to a natural supply shortage. Um, all right, so another thing. I'm, I'm doing a lot of interruptions, but, you know, deal with it. Um, I remember one, um, I, I watch a lot of political stuff, and um, I remember one podcaster think it's he's called the rational national so he's like a canadian podcaster who covers u.s politics and i believe like almost two years ago or maybe even like a year and a half ago he was talking about you know canada's plan for legalization and that they were only going to have a handful of stores like this some some along the lines of 25 30 he was saying this years ago and he was saying that they would they would face massive shortages because he, he's from Canada. So he kind of I think he's from Toronto. But and he, so he has inside knowledge on this. So he was saying he was warning of this. He was warning of this like years ago. Yet, you know, the government is scratching their head and wondering why they're not why there's still a black market and why people are not enough people are buying at these dispensaries. And the answers are self-evident based on what I just said. The province's first 
private brick and mortar cannabis stores open their doors April 1st. Although not all approved are ready for business even a month later. Licenses for stores are granted through a lottery system followed by approval process. The provincial cooperate. Corporation tasked with the online sale and distribution of recreational cannabis also canceled its legal tender for canceled its tender for carriers to make same day deliveries on pot orders. The website faced criticism in the weeks after it launched last fall as consumers reported lengthy delivery delays and product shortages. An organization that advocates for safe and responsible cannabis retailing practices, the Canadian Cannabis Retailers Union, is seeking to intervene in human rights challenge. The group's lawyer, Jack Lloyd, said that the case raises serious questions about the province's obligations, the province's obligations to consumers both as a pot seller and a distributor, and as a body regulating private sales of cannabis. Lloyd said that the cannabis supply is a national issue. The sales structure is provincial purview, and the Ontario government has regulated itself into this position. Again, you could copy and paste this onto Massachusetts. It's the same stuff. It's it's fairly urgent that the government act act. It's fairly urgent that the government act here. He said. End of article. Um, I don't think I have too much more to add. Um, everything I've been, everything I wanted to say, I already said. Um, so as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Resist the new prohibition. Resist fake legalization. Peace out and have a good Sunday. Peace.